0: You're listening to Sibling Talk with Mary Jo Tumair and John Paulette. Commentary from a progressive point of view. Hello, I'm John Paulette. Hello, Mary Jo Tumair. Hello, Hello, Mary. John. How are you? I'm okay, Mary. I, I have to tell you I'm disturbed, and I... What's got me going on this is the election going on in Wisconsin, but I'm gonna go a little farther and I'm gonna make a prediction for you. See what you think. If coronavirus continues into the fall, and there's a lot of reason to think it might, and we come up to the presidential election and we are faced with the health problems attached to that What would happen if President Trump comes out and says it is not safe for this country to hold an election? Therefore, I am delaying the election uh, until a time when I believe it's safe. Everybody screams, somebody takes it to the Supreme Court, but as just happened in Wisconsin, his appointees back the president and the election is on some kind of indefinite hold and Donald Trump simply stays in office. Okay, am I nuts? Well,
1: I might have thought that a couple months ago, maybe even a couple of weeks ago. But I thought what the Supreme Court did last night was a harbinger of things to come. And it was really disturbing because, and uh, Ginsburg's, Uh, dissent, I think, laid out why it was so wrong, because you're setting the predicate for what the president wants to do. And you notice that he keeps talking about mail-in voting and the fraud in mail-in voting. So even the solution, which Klobuchar has a bill pending on, he's undercutting that solution. It's very frightening. It's almost could not have imagined this six months ago. And I know we used to have these conversations and you would be like, he's going to figure out a way to not respect the results or not hold the election. And I would think to myself, well, that's crazy talk. But today?
0: Well, I think that I have to take you back a little bit and you've got to help us with something here. You say he is setting the predicate uh you're kind of in lawyer talk here for a moment so explain to us what that means to set a predicate and how he's doing it in this case so
1: <clears throat> if you notice for the last week or so um at the press conferences when anybody ever asks him about voting he'll go on and on about mail-in voting and how much there's so much fraud of course there's no evidence of this and he all he has his crazy antidotes like you know there's stacks of them and people carry in stacks of, of votes and so that it gets in people's minds that mail-in voting is fraudulent by its nature then tonight what was so interesting is he took the opportunity When they ask him questions about the Wisconsin election, to say, "Oh, this is because I endorsed somebody." Actually, it's true. He did endorse a judge for Supreme Court. But exactly what he's talking is the opposite of what happened, which is it's why the the Wisconsin Supreme Court would not do what Ohio did, which is delay the election and allow mail-in voting up till the date. Great solution. They didn't want to do that because they were afraid you'd have more and more Democrats voting against this candidate that they want on the court. Very right wing kind of guy. So as with Trump is always like there's always a little bit of weird truth in what he's saying. But that's part of his whole point is people aren't going to let me win. The Democrats are going to set it up so I can't win. And then the final thing is, is he has packed the courts. So he's got the Supreme Court. He, it was like a test run, wasn't it? He had that last night when the Supreme Court absolutely, on a partisan yeah, vote. It's,
0: it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with you. I mean, it's like, I don't know, a historical comparison. It's like the Spanish Civil War as a test for what Germany will do in the Second World War. And to your point, I hope I'm not misquoting him here. I'm close. Yesterday in his presser, when he was asked about something, he said, well, the Democrats are simply using that to try and get themselves elected this fall. Here's the key, which they don't deserve to win. What does that mean? They don't deserve to win. I'm the one. Trump says, who deserves to win. And anything else beyond that is an obstruction trying to keep me, and by extension, I think, to his base, trying to keep all of you from having the power which is rightfully yours. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I,
1: I think that's exactly right. And he, he continues to use the, um, the democratic process but through lies and propagandas, propaganda and misstatements to twist the democratic process so that there's only one true result, which is him. I mean, how different is that than Putin? That's what Putin does.
0: No, it's exactly the same. Now, this is a slightly different point, but I think things are spinning more and more out of control in the White House and I think we're seeing the indications of it, and I'll tell you why. While he wants to tell us I'm focused on coronavirus, lots of little things keep going. Today, he fires another inspector general. Mm-hmm. Uh, the inspector general who issued the report, different person, uh, about the hospitals, he does. He claims he doesn't even know who she is. He has no idea. Asked a reporter for the name. The Navy crisis is going on. He had to simply even try and find somebody to fit in uh, as the Navy director. So all of these things are going on. Uh, doesn't it feel like the center is having trouble holding and the administration is really, really losing grip of events?
1: Wow, <clears throat> that's a really it's an interesting analysis. It feels a little like whack-a-mole, but maybe your analysis is better because, you know, it's a centrifugal force. It's just like, you know, things are blowing out of the circle and he can't, he can't manage it anymore. Not that he was doing such a good job to begin with. And then today, when he was asked questions about the Navarro memo, which I think is fascinating, it has to be Navarro that released that, because he was getting so much crap about fighting with Fauci. That that had to be the way that happened. And Trump's like, well, I don't know. I never saw it. Which you know is a lie. Straight out lie, mm-hmm. because Navarro is very close to him. He's in his inner circle. There's no way that Navarro didn't talk to him about that. I, don't, I just don't just don't
0: believe it and i I think the lie continues now if i understood him right at one point after he got into that a little bit he said i still haven't read it i will read it after this now you're asking me to believe that something that's been all over the news and you're coming to a presser that you did not sit down and read that that memo that's just not it's
1: not and or at least have someone explain to him what it is i always believe him when he said i didn't read it because the dude does not read but at least there was so much news coverage about it today he had to have heard it somewhere then i didn't read it either but it was um discussed the contents of it were discussed all day long so he
0: and i'm going to add one more thing to my centrifugal force i'm kind of being W.B. Yeats about this, the guy that goes farther and farther out and the center cannot cannot hold. uh, Remembering the devil image at the end slouching towards Bethlehem. That's our gratuitous W.B. Yeats reference for today. (laughs) But among the things spinning out of control, kind of a small story, the press secretary, Stephanie Grisham, who we never saw because she never did a, a, a press session, uh, suddenly she's yeah, gone. Yeah, what's up with that? And another person there. I don't know. I have worked for companies at times in my life when things were in problems, there were structural problems going on, and it just started to feel like boards were coming off, bolts were coming off. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's the feeling that I have now. One little thing after another flies apart.
1: But John, this is so frightening. This is, I think, why people are getting discouraged and scared because if there was ever that we needed them to act like grownups and take control of something, it's now. Everyone is pulling for him to be successful despite his crazy talk that the, <laughs> that the Democrats want to see him fail because his failures are our failures. And when I think about that, sometimes I get so angry at him, at his sycophants, you know, the people that didn't impeach him when they had the chance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes even people who voted for him because it's it was written in the stars. He acts exactly as we could have expected him to act. But Mm -hmm. we're the people who are suffering are us. And you have a job, I'm retired, so it's not my financial life, but millions of lives are being destroyed. And, you know, when they say by the end of the year, 47 million Americans will be out of work by the end of the year, that means 47 million people who have health insurance and whose families are insured. All these people, no income, no insurance, and you throw pittance at them. And he's perfectly satisfied thinking, well, you know, I'm doing such a great job. I'm going to be reelected.
0: I know. And while he's saying we're doing such a great job, you and I and other Americans are looking at the actual numbers and realizing that the United States of America did the worst job of anyone. And we're having the worst results. The most people are dying Most people are out of work. Everything you count along the way, his talking means nothing, comes back to the same thing. We failed. And we failed because of him.
1: Exactly. I mean, that's one thing that the Navarro letter shows. Excuse me. Azar was sounding alarm bells. Navarro was sounding alarm bells. Those bells were going off. And this guy chose not to listen.
0: And our bells are going off that say, this is the end of our too quick time. I will talk to you tomorrow.
1: Thanks, John.